Bills make me wanna Shout. kick your heels up. Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, Buffalo Bills podcast here for the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois. If you're just tuning into Bills football for the first time in ever, uh, what you witnessed today was classic Buffalo Bills football, vintage 2009 Trent Edwards horseshit from the offense. I'm Lars. A couple of familiar faces back with the podcast today. Down from Beer City, USA, Buffalo Bill Belcher is with us. How you doing, folks? Great to be here in person, and uh, great to say what's up to everyone. However, that was a tough game. And uh, it's been a long time since we've heard from this guy live. Jammin' Jeff Day, back with the podcast. The long lost and never forgotten. Never forgotten. Uh, back here from Austin, Texas, here for one weekend. Had a great time uh, watching the game here back at Lincoln Station. Unfortunately, the result wasn't what we wanted, but great to be back with the crew. Oh, wow. Did someone ask you? And, of course, uh, the president of the Bills backers of Chicago, Sujit, also with us. I can't believe I left work to come to this shit. Uh, No, Cassie. That was a horrible, horrible game. We're going to break it all down. Bills and Beers uh, is the best way to find us on Facebook and on Twitter. Subscribe to this iTunes if you haven't already. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell all your loved ones. Tell everybody you know in Bills Nation how you found us. Let's rip off this proverbial Band-Aid and get right into the nitty-gritty, mostly gritty, of this awful, awful 13-7 season-opening loss against the Baltimore Ravens. Well, it was a terrible, terrible, terrible loss. I mean, it was just ugly. It was just hard to watch. And it was annoying being in a bar. They had other screens showing teams and other games around the league advancing the ball, scoring points, ball carriers with nothing but open field in front of them, something we didn't see from anybody in a Bills uniform today. I mean, this will be the one time when I'm watching uh, national highlights when I'm you know, not upset that they don't show any highlights because there were none. None to show. But there were, there were a couple bright spots, and we, we got plenty of bad stuff to talk about. But before we get into it, before we bum everybody out and bum ourselves out again, let's talk about some of the good stuff that happened. The Bat Blue MVP of today's game. Jeff, you're back with us for the first time in a long time. Who is your Labatt Blue MVP of today's contest? The Labatt Blue uh, MVP for me is, is honestly incredibly obvious, incredibly clear. It's a guy who plays with more heart than anybody on this team right now. His name is Jerry Hughes. Ooh. And I thought he had a phenomenal game on defense. I think he stood out on film as the best player on the defense, which he should. And I think he had a great game. He had one penalty today, which has always been sort of the, uh, the, the issue with his career. And I think we'd all agree that the penalty was uh, was very um, it was questionable. It was questionable at best. I thought he he added pressure all day. He played great. He played with a lot of heart, and I was happy with the play that Jerry played today. Now let's talk about that real quick. We did actually have some pretty good pressure on Flacco. Flacco made some great plays. All credit be to Joe Flacco. He played pretty well. Yeah, I think as a as a whole, Baltimore played kind of out of their mind. I mean, I I don't know. I think that they you know they were always a perennial good team, and then last year they fell off. So there's got to be some of that core that's still present. One of those people is a healthy Joe Flacco. You know, um, when I was listening to GR this morning, they had, uh, or not this morning, but uh, earlier this week, they had Kadri Ismail, um, who's 
God, all about all about Baltimore. Um, and he was a total fanboy, but at the same time, he had a lot of good insight on Joe Flacco, and he was talking about how moving around with the brace, he looks really comfortable, he doesn't look tentative, he looks like he's solid, and man, he was he was absorbing hits or absorbing pressure and making the plays. He made a lot of plays. We still got him three times. Jerry Hughes, big part of that. And I think we'll get into it later in the pod, but we, we, we talked throughout the entire game. Baltimore played a phenomenal football game. They did play very well. They played very well. Well, okay. with, a, with a few exceptions. I mean, they looked pretty lousy to start there, too. I mean, for, for a while, it looked like which team is trying harder to lose. Bill, coming to you, I know now that Jerry Hughes is out of the running, can you, can you name somebody for your Labatt Blue MVP of today's game? Well, I, you don't get two because there's not that many. So. Yeah, right. Well, I, I won't get two, but I'll get a whole unit, and that was the offensive line. I thought played a very solid game. What the hell is this guy? What are you looking oh, at? Wow. Like that's, for? A, that's, that's quite literally the opposite of what most people are going to say about this game. No, but I, 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 know, but, I know what you're going By all means, make your case. I, no, I know what offensive you're line gave Tyrod enough time to be able to get rid of the ball. Tyrod makes the offensive line look poor. He had two, at least two seconds to throw each pass, and yeah, he stepped aside a couple times to avoid. However, you get Joe Flacco behind that same line, and he's making some of those throws that Tyrod did not throw. I will, I will absolutely agree with you on a couple occasions. Tyrod held the ball too long and made them look poor, but there were a couple times, especially after Cordy Glenn went out, and we haven't gotten a prognosis yet. By the time you're hearing this, listener, we apologize because we'll know the severity of Glenn's injury, whatever it might have been. But there were a couple times when guys were just coming right at him, and especially the running game. I mean, God, it took us four plays from a foot away from the end zone to punch it in when we finally got that one score. Um, I don't know. I, okay, well, I, I think, there, I there think was a lot of bright spots. Like, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I said during the game that I think that uh, the pass protection was excellent. Tyrod sat back there a lot longer than Joe Flacco did without having to move other than up and down for most of the plays. Um, yes, he got sacked a couple times, so did Joe Flacco. Uh, but overall, I felt like Joe uh, Tyrod had plenty of time to search for his third, fourth receiver. I just think he which, may, which, if he makes a couple of those throws, you'd be like, oh, man, look at that line, giving him, all, giving him lots of time. You see that little pocket? You see that protection? Well, it's just what made it all, it's just what made it all the more infuriating when he like, would throw at people's feet the way EJ would. You know, it's just like, we're just not – look, at least we should be happy the fact that we're somehow upset by this as opposed to expecting it. You know, so I, I, I'll get that. So what I'm going to say for my uh, Labatt Blue player of the game is Shady McCoy, actually. I think wow. that, um, you know, he had to come out of the game because we already, you know, he had to come have a reduced role on the on, on the offense. But when he was given the ball, I thought he made some great plays. He's always going to run. He's always going to have some losses. So his average will always be two yards, negative two yards, and then 15. I would say that Shady McCoy played a good game. He was a 3.6 yard average. He got 50 yards, and we kind of went away from the run after a little while, which I don't really get, considering we were never down by more than, what, seven points? Um, or six points, uh, if that. So, uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm going with. Uh, I gotta give mine to Colton Schmidt, which, uh, in true 2009 Legit. fashion, Legit. I mean, he, he did actually have a wonderful game. And for the most part, special teams played really well. We had two special teams penalties, one of which was completely un- inconsequential because it was the after the play on Darby, 15 yards assessed on the kickoff. The other one, the entire football world is scratching their heads over that, the call against uh, Jarrell Worthy for the leverage on sportsmanlike conduct, which allowed 
the Ravens to milk another minute and a half off the clock. That was just utterly ridiculous. And, you know, please comment on our, on our Facebook page if anyone knows about the answer to this, because it has always been my impression that if you use your own player to get leverage over the defensive line or over the offensive line, then that's a penalty. The, the guy from the Ravens picked him up. Right. He jumped, and the guy from the Ravens grabbed him and pushed him up in the air. Right. There was no Bills player underneath him. So that's what I always thought the rule was. I remember that was that was an issue for the Patriots at some point, and, you know, there was some controversy because the NFL gave him the call. Uh, but it just doesn't make any sense. Why no. being on top like, of so another player? The rule player. is, like, you can't, if you're, like, a linebacker, you can't come running in and then leapfrog, like, put your hands on the back of the defensive lineman and, 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 and push off or, like, put your foot in his back and jump. Yeah, but that clearly did not happen on the play. You play to win the game. I thought in general the special teams played you very so well. Stupid. But there were there were a lot, a lot of really, really, really dark spots. Jeff, coming over to you. Uh, there's a lot to choose from, and I think a lot of us have one particular name on the tip of our tongue. But I know you got a different one. Your Jenny Cremail bummer of today's game. My bummer of today's game is a guy who he only touched the ball three times, I believe, all game. Two of which were, were incredibly negative plays that helped kill drives. And that's Reggie Bush. The guy's an 11-year vet. You know, he had three carries, one of which was an easy carry up the middle for six or seven yards. And the other two were, you know, I think he had two carries for negative 12 yards. And he lost six yards per carry, which are game or drive-killing plays. And, as a, you know, you expect that out of a rookie with talent. You expect that out of a second year who's trying to make the roster. You do not expect that, nor need that from the 11-year vet who you're bringing into the team to add some incremental value. This is not his 21-year-old, you know, he's not 21 years old playing for USC, and I thought the second place specifically, which took us out of field goal, I shouldn't say it took us out of field goal position, it took it from a, you know, a 42-yard field goal and second and five to a, what ended up being a 50-yard missed field goal in third and 13 or whatever it was, just a drive-killing play. And we don't. We, and I thought, you know, as a guy who's a veteran in the league, incredibly, incredibly disappointing opening game for uh, Bush. And, and this is why he's not a feature back because this is the stuff he does. He always thinks that he can make it around someone, get around someone. He always used to dance. That's why none of us were scared when he played on in Miami. So it's it's just typical. It's typical Reggie Bush. You know. What I was kind of disappointed was, why wasn't he back there for the punt return? Um, well, because I mean, we had Brandon Tate back there, who actually had a wonderful return. Today. Yeah, he did. He did. But I guess, I mean, isn't that then the he was, But then we, Reggie Bush was back there after that. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Up was down, left was right. So, who was your Jenny Cremel bummer of today's Yeah, game? so I told you guys this before. I am not, I'm going to pick an entity. Oh. Okay? Like Vishnu? Why you got to be racist? If I said something like, Allah, okay, everyone get mad. Okay, if I said Jesus, then everyone get really mad. But it's okay to make fun of my man Vishnu. That's after. Bill has no idea who Vishnu like, is. Vishnu Chopra. That's yeah, just. You know what? I'm gonna burn all your houses down. Okay, I'm done with you. Okay, so my my generic cream ale entity of the game is second down defense. Oh yeah. Mother effort. What is wrong with a team that you? Do a great job on first down. You did a great job on first down. Congratulations. Why are you going to give up eight yards on the so next play? So many times. I don't understand so it. Because then it's times. third and low, third and just a couple yards, and it's bone crushing when you have to convert all, or when you see your defense get all these third downs converted on them. But you know what? The st st 
statistics say that people are going to convert third and two. That's why you want to win. People always talk about winning first down. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you we can give up on second down. Yeah. I mean, we gave up these huge chunks on running plays, too. That was supposed to be our strength looking at the preseason. But, man, do we miss uh, Marcel Darius. I think, though, I think an important caveat here is Rex Ryan's hubris last year and touting himself as a defensive coach and the step back they took he took a lot of flack in the offseason and rightfully so today the defense was not the problem at all and i think that the defense actually played pretty well bill coming to you who was your great jenny cremel bummer of today's game i would love to blame a coordinator however i won't do that because we all know that it's all about the execution and the person that we did not get the execution on today was our boy Tyrod Taylor. And Breach. it's tough because we were all expecting him. We all really wanted him to do well. But not only did he not execute, but he looked the opposite of confident out there. I mean, he looked tentative. The throws that I would say, what, three quarters of the quarterbacks in the NFL will throw and make, he did not make. He didn't go past 15 yards on a throw once. Nope. That's his bread and butter. And That's I'm, the and best thing he does as a quarterback is throw deep. He didn't do it once today. And he didn't I'm, even take a shot. And you can and you cannot say, oh, they didn't draw up any plays that were that weren't long plays. You cannot say no. that. That I mean, you have, you have, you have, you have, you'd have to be an idiot in order to not call a long play call. No. In order to have not have some guy running long, you're always going to have that. You're playing backyard football, you're going to yeah, have. Yeah, we had Marquise Goodwin in the game. Ergo, there were deep routes called. Yeah. I so, mean, there's a difference though between it being called and it being covered, right? So I mean, they didn't throw take any a deep shot. Yeah, take but a shot. Yeah, I mean, they took one shot I mean, on the, us, right? So what was but, it? The, the Perriman play, where uh, it's in the first half. It was along the sideline. Bernard Perriman or whatever his name was completely blanketed by Ronald Darby and went up, fell backwards, made a grab on the sidelines. Yeah. That was, well, and then the other side That's, of it is, that let's, say, let's say they were covering it to, like, to a good extent. The reason why they were covering it is because he can't even make the short and intermediate throws. There's no threat there. No, agreed. And to piggyback on that, I, I agree. Tyrod Taylor by far was the reason we lost this game. And I, 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 don't, think it's, I, I don't think it's even debatable that if you had to point, put the loss on one person's shoulders, which is easy to do when you're the quarterback, but when your quarterback plays that poorly and is just just getting into triple digits late in the third quarter, that is a huge problem. When Sammy Watkins is your wide receiver and, and, and the head coach five minutes before kickoff says, we want to make a concerted effort to get Charles play the ball more frequently. Yeah, the only time we got it to Charles Clay was on a scramble, which that was an amazing play amazing by Tyler Taylor. But an amazing play by Charles Clay. But it can't be boom or bust like but it this. Can't, yeah, and it can't be just like we're going to play like like play lot football. You know, we yeah. have to actually have design plays that are successful. So I, I, I agree with you guys so completely. To, but to piggyback on that, and I don't want to pig pile on Tyrod too much, but at least one time, at least one time, my Jenny Cremail bummer of the week goes to whomever it is on the Buffalo Bills staff who does not throw a complete and utter shit fit when on third and 16 when you're losing on the road in the third quarter allows the quarterback to call a timeout and waste one third and 16 so what, what ended up happening we huddled up and then Tyrod came out and threw it at uh, Robert Woods' ankles a foot from the line of scrimmage 
Wasted timeout. And then again, third and seven. Uh, somebody blew it, whiffed on a block. Tyrod rolled out, fourth and three. Wasted two timeouts. So I don't know whose job it is on the staff to say, gentlemen, I don't care what the situation is, but when you're losing and you're on the road and it's a one-score game, a delay of game penalty on third down is way more preferable than giving up timeouts. Yeah, the scary thing is, too, is that's a little bit of a trend because we saw that as well last year. So I hope it's not a coaching staff, Rex Ryan thing, where it's not something that is stressed to the players. Like, do not take that timeout. But how do they not know better? Why, why do they even need a coach to say that to them? And I guess I'm sort of talking out both sides of my mouth here because my bummer of the week goes to the person who's not saying it. But why does our quarterback need to know that? He's been in the NFL for six years. Why is he calling a timeout on third and 16? Yeah, I mean, second half timeouts, right? We, we get so mad about I it. I think we do get more mind. mad about it than the average person gets mad about it. Like, mostly because Lars straight up Today's loses his mind example. about it. Yeah. No, I mean, the 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 flip the flip side flip side argument is that okay, it was third and sixteen, but we still if we get ten of those yards back, we have a good opportunity to be in field goal range, right? Wasn't that the that was it was after that play that we kicked and missed the field goal, so the likelihood that he would have made a forty-yard field goal as opposed to missing a fifty-yard was still important. So their argument is that if we take this time out, make sure we get it right, we'll be back in field goal range, we'll be back within one score. And I think the thing here is, you know, there's there's certain times in the game where you always, you can appreciate or you can um, tolerate sort of the, the, the quote-unquote unnecessary timeout, particularly after a long completion, you know, a controversial play, yeah, which had the crap. flavors. Uh, yeah, you know, I guess I see. But what yeah. you cannot, where I think we as fans, and you know, we cannot tolerate the timeout is when it's after what you would call a conventional play, right? Yeah. When there's it's no at, excuse. There's right. no excuse, right? When it's after the, you know, the players are ready. There's 25 se seconds. It's, it's and then it's in crunch time, we still took yeah. a delay of game. Yeah. We still, we still. I don't know if Roman wasn't getting the calls in. I don't know what was going on today, but it was. Just a sloppy performance across the board from the offense. Yeah, and I definitely saw some frustration on Tyrod's face when he's like, come on, come on, come on, give me the play. Yeah. So there's, you know, I I know that we say that, you know, the, the, the season is not one in the preseason, but these guys looked rusty. These guys looked like they needed a little bit more practice. They looked like they knew the plays, but it wasn't second nature in executing them. Uh, and it wasn't second nature in executing them in a hostile environment. And, and when I mean executing the plays, I mean from calling it down from the booth to getting it onto the field, getting the personnel in and out. Uh, they, it just looked sloppy. It looked awful. And, uh, you know, Tyrod was under a lot of pressure today. And uh, on Thursday... At times. And at at times. On Thursday, we play against a team who sacked Andy Dalton six times today. So that should be a treat. Um, I believe we're going to get the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton on the line next. Is that is that a recap? That's what we're going to try. Yes, Cassie is traveling somewhere in Cleveland right now. Um, we tried to replace her with a uh, replacement here, but you tried to replace her. Well, I didn't listen. I didn't try to replace anyone. I could never do that, and I'm scared of Cassie with an E. Okay. Well, let's let's take but, a, uh, but we're gonna yes, we're gonna get her on the phone. Yeah, let's take a quick break. And come back with the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton here on Bills and Bears. expect Cassie to be back with us through most of the games this year. Better for us probably than for her, uh, especially if the Bills continue on this trajectory. And as we sit and we look at the rest of the scores around the league, actually some pretty good things happened for the Bills today. 
Uh, all's not lost. It sucks that this loss came against an AFC opponent, uh, but there were some other key losses around the league, and now that Cassie's out of town, specifically in Cleveland, who got shellacked today at home. RG3, baby. The question is, how does this look like to the outsiders who are not already sold on the Buffalo Bills? And quite frankly, a lot of people have picked the Ravens to win this game. Cassie, you weren't here. And we're not in Buffalo either, so this, this doesn't really add up. But you weren't here. You She's were, still you, an outsider you were, right now. You were, outside, you were on the outside looking in. How does this look to other teams around the league? Yeah, so uh, it's interesting. We finished the game and we were saying goodbye to the family, giving hugs. And my uh, sister-in-law's father comes outside and we're talking about the games. And he's describing the game and he's like, oh, man, our offense didn't do anything. Our offensive line was terrible. Our defense couldn't stop the run. All this stuff. And I, like, looked at him and I was like, wait, were you watching the Bills games or the Browns games? So I would say across the board, we are now at the level of the Cleveland Browns and how they started off their season this year. Wow, wow, Cassie, you wow. went you went straight that for the jugular. Too far, okay. Wow. wow. Yes, I, I took it pretty far, but yeah, guys, I, I think uh, the Browns did pretty, pretty pissed for today, and I think the Bills just about the same. So. So the million dollar question is: here. Do we trade for RG three? Uh, oh, no. heavens no. Heavens no. From what I heard, no. No, I think if it's Tyrod, at least if they let him open up and, and look downfield or throw a ball more than 20 yards down the line, I think he'd be in a better position. But, you know, they, they, they really reined him in today. And listen, I, I got to disagree with Cass, and here's why. I think I think from an outside perspective, the in, going into the season, the consensus was this, which was, you know, the, the offense last year, right, was, you know, a top 15 offense. The defense was a bottom 15 offense, bottom five offense. I think a lot of people thought, hey, what rationale is there to have a better defense this year with the loss of Mario Williams, Nigel Bradham, et cetera? And I think going into the, you know, I think, so I think this game actually was a great irony of what we all expected, a great surprise, which is, the defense actually played quite well. It was the offense. Yeah. It was the offense that let us down in today in which, you know, so I, I think I think the outside world actually is going to be sort of confused, to be honest with you. I think they're going to be confused by today's game. I don't because think they're going to be confused by anything because it's the same old Bills. Exactly. And everyone exactly else's eyes. Everyone else's eyes. No one I'm thoroughly confused. If I'd have made a list of the ways we were going to lose this game, I, it never would have been because we couldn't advance the ball more than 200 yards over four quarters. But I, I think that's what makes them the same old Bills because – Everything you you expect all the shit to change, and then you're like, "What? Wait, how did we lose that way? That's not what was supposed to happen. It's just the same old Bills. They find a way to lose." Uh, look, I I don't actually think this is the same old Bills, but this loss was the same old Bills loss. I think it's an interesting game. You know, you take two plays specifically come to mind. One, we had a 50-yard missed field goal. Okay, turned the game from a tie game at the time into a, a three-point game. Another thing is, right, we had a, you know, and this is always what we talk about as a Bills fan, but, you know, Don, Ronald Darby had a pick six in his hands, right? Changes the entire trajectory of the yeah. game. What would have been the difference? And, and, I, and I only say that because I feel like all is not for loss, you know, and I, and I know as Bills fans it's easy to say, well, we're the team that doesn't make those plays, but... But, you know, like we, we were in the we were in the position to make the plays, and a lot of times in seasons past, we're not in the position necessarily to make the get make the plays. I do feel like in, in this game in particular, you know, it really came down to we we let up a 70-yard pass touchdown over Duke Williams. Shocking, right? We we missed out on a 50-yard pick-six opportunity, but it, it really only it really only was it really was only leveraged on a couple of plays. It wasn't like we were outplayed the entire game. Please don't use the word leverage. 
Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. For, I apologize for that. All right, Cassie. Any parting, word, any parting words of wisdom? Wait, Cassie got to go. No, it's, as Jeff was speaking there, I was like listening really intently. I was like, who the heck is this guy that's on the podcast? So nice to see you uh, back in Chicago, Jeff. Sorry that I missed you, and uh, hopefully you'll be trading positions. You'll be calling in this year from the road, and uh, I'll be back in Chicago. Wow, Cassie, I love you, girl. That was a I love nice you. send off. All right, Cass, thanks for uh, calling. We'll, we'll talk Bye, to you guys. I'm anxious and interested to listen to the episode. Can't wait. Yeah, awesome. and I can't wait for Thursday night. Here's who right, they're not going you. to 2-0, 0-2. Okay, talk yeah. to you Thursday. Yeah. Bye-bye. See you guys on Thursday. Drive All safe. Right, bye. Well, we're coming up on the end of the episode, which means it's the wild card portion of today's episode. It's the wild card. And this is Bills and Beers. We talk about the Buffalo Bills, but we do so drinking beer. And it looks like today we're just a straight round of Labatt. Um, a boring way to round out a boring, boring afternoon of Buffalo Bills football. But uh, this is a good opportunity to tie it back to Labatt Blue. Labatt Blue. Uh, so, Billy, take it away. The blue that makes it better. So I was back in Buffalo last weekend. And, Humble brag. And what I saw there and what I had to buy were some beautiful Labatt Blue Light cans. The blue that, that makes it better. That were not, they were not your standard Blue Light cans. They were Zuba's cans. And my question for you guys today is, if you were to paint a Labatt Blue Light can with any sort of design or colors, that exemplified the way that the Bills played today. How would you paint it? What would that can look like? I'll go first. Mine would be a feather trying to push over a brick wall because that's what it felt like every time we watched the offense take the field. Dude, that was deep. Yeah, I think the, it wasn't it wasn't anyone interrupting us that made us pause there. We were just we were just. I mean, like I how had that like, entered you. I what mean, was, it was that great. movie where there was like a bag floating in the air? Oh, American Beauty. Yeah, that's what that that's what that brought me to. But didn't it just feel like everything was futile, and that everywhere like it was like the Ravens had 15 defenders on the field because everywhere Tyrod Taylor threw yeah. the ball, there was I don't nine think guys I, there to I don't think I felt an ounce of positivity the entire game. No, it, it just felt like everything was hopeless. Yeah. Okay. Futility. Hey, look at I'll go next. I'm gonna I'm gonna get real. I'm gonna go dark on it. I'm gonna bring it back to '91. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna paint that that can wide right. Wow. I got a ball sailing right of the fucking uh, goalposts because again we had an opportunity to make a game-changing play right in a 50-yard field goal from Dan Carpenter. And quite honestly, I don't even remember if it sailed left or right. I'm just going to go ahead and assume that it was pushed right because I think that's what it was. And again, it was, it was, it's a small play. It doesn't make its way on a sports center. It doesn't make its way onto the pundits. But it's a tremendously large play in terms of the impact of the game. And it changed the, it changed the direction of the game. I believe that. Sort of low-hanging fruit there, Jeff, but whatever. Whatever. Hey, I'm, you I'm, had a feather on a brick. I'm, I'm new gonna, at this again. Yeah, I'm new at this again. Top hey, it, dude. Come on. Let's hear, let's hear I'm, a, oh, I'm a top it. I'm a top it with a piece of turd. Okay? Because oh, well, that, that's, that's what I'm putting on. I'm going to put a piece of turd. I'm pretty sure Listen, everybody first thought of the poop emoji. It wasn't the emoji, okay? It's going to be a turd. It's going to have some lumps. It's going to be nasty. Lump, lumps. Oh, lumps. Lumps. Yeah. My lovely lady lumps. Uh-huh. Because that's what they did, y'all. Yeah. They're not ready. They weren't ready for week one. They certainly weren't ready for week one on the road in a hostile environment. They put out a turd because they weren't prepared. This team was not prepared to start the season. But we got a lot of room for growth. 
Yes. I still think that these guys got potential. I, I still think we're going to be fighting on. for the playoffs. Yeah, we had I, not I, minus two yards after the first quarter, and we lost by a one-possession game. Yeah, right. I mean, there's no yeah, – Because of our defense. Yeah, and our offense is not that bad. It's just they were out of sync. They were out of sorts. They were getting pushed over. People were missing blocks. Like, you know, that, that the tie rod run to the side uh, where they had all those blockers in front of them. Shady missed the, the block, and that's it. That's you it. Know? And there were so many guard pulls where, uh, you know, our guards were chasing after their guy rather than blocking them. And those would have been, you know, pulled open runs. That's why I gave Shady my Labatt Blue because I thought he made the best of what, what the situation was, and he did have some good runs. But I just think for this one, they just laid a turd. And well, that's why you just, it's, almost, it's almost like you don't want to look at this game. You just want to get back into your playbook and continue practicing your game. So I think, though, the Ravens' offense, our defense looked good. The Ravens' offense also looked very, very bad at parts of this game, too. Who knows, though? Maybe they're a decent team. And if they are... Their defense looked good. I mean, the, when it comes to making tackles in the open field, like, yes, that's not we, something We commented that on that several times. Yeah. They, were, they did not miss a tackle. But if the Ravens are good, they are still in the AFC North with the Steelers and with the Bengals. And that, that division could easily put three teams into the playoffs, which means if the Bills have any intent of ending the drought this year, they got to win the division. Billy, you turned to me at the end of the game and said the only way we're making the playoffs this year is we win the division, and I happen to agree because there's a couple good teams coming out of the West between Oakland, between Denver, who picked up an unlikely win on Thursday, and against Kansas City, who's always right in the mix. We have to win the division. Now, we lost today. We lost to a team that we may be up against for a wild card position at the end of the year. In fact, that's probably likely if... Baltimore stays healthy and stays on this path. However, the Jets lost to the Bengals. The Dolphins are probably going to lose right now to the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. And the Patriots, without Gronk and without Brady, have to go into Arizona and play. The AFC East could be 0-1 after this week. The season is not lost. The division is not by any means lost. Bill, let's go back to that can of yours. Tell you what I would put on that can. I would put Charlie Brown whiffing nice. on a football. I love it. Not only is it the cartoon, Ooh. which we're the Buffalo Bills today, not only is it a missed field goal. I don't want to harp on Carpenter for that, though. I also think that it's just laughable. It's just like the, just the dumb old Bills. Just, uh, uh, uh. Hey, here we go again. Right? Here we go again. <laughs> Well, here we go again. We only have four days to stew on it. Yep. Coming back to the Ralph for the home opener on no, no, primetime. No, 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 no. We're not coming back to the Ralph. Oh, you sh- they certainly are. The Thursday night's game is in the Ralph. It is the home opener. It's the first time we've hosted a primetime game since 2012. And the retiring Bruce Smith's jersey. Can that you night. please correct yourself? Oh, we, you're right. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's not the Ralph. You got oh, 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 Bill, you Bill got me on a technicality. He got me on a technicality. Flag. They're coming back to the new era because it's a new era of Buffalo Bills football. <laughs> They're coming back to the new era on Thursday night against the New York Jets. That is going to be a hard game. But let's just uh, – can I just pat myself on the back real quick? So yes. the, Bengals, the Bengals make a field goal 50 seconds to go. The Jets take the ball. What did I turn to all of you and say? He's going to throw a pick. What did he do? Threw a pick. So, Fitzpatrick coming into the New Era Stadium. That place is going to be on fire. Tyrod's going to have one hell of a time. But I think I think if anything, today's game 
may have boosted the defense enough to say, like, you know what, fine, we'll carry this team. Everybody's looking to the offense, we'll carry this team, and I think we're going to need it on Thursday, so predictions. I, I have two things to say. When Please. I saw that Ryan Fitzpatrick had the ball to win the game, it was like a feather going up against a brick wall. Every time. <laughs> okay, because it was just futile. There's not even second of all, second of all, I, everything that I heard coming up to this game was a jinx. Okay, so you all can talk shit about my superstitions, but everybody that I'm just going to continue us, to ignore them. Jinx keep, keep. Okay, so all the announcers were like, well, look, if you look at every single point scoring position group, the Bills have someone higher in fantasy than they do. When was Sammy Watkins drafted in your league? Well, what were you versus, listening to? Were saying I don't know, this some thing. idiots on Jump GR. Oh, wait, let, let me just interject one thing here. Wait, no, no, hold on, let me finish. And then, uh, what's his name? Um, Murph. Wow, this John is, Murphy? Yeah, no, I lost the second part of that point. But anyways, everybody was everybody was saying that, you know, oh, the Bills should be winning this game. There's no reason the Bills shouldn't be winning this game. Oh, and then motherfucking Greg Roman jinxed us because he's like, oh, I've never seen Tyrod get flustered. I don't think there's something they could do to get him flustered. We should also mention the fact that if anybody knows how to fluster and it's mess up Tyrod. It's the Sujit show, Tyrod. and I can't find the remote control. If anybody knows how to mess up Tyrod, it's the team he played for for five years. Yes, agreed. Totally agreed. stab you. <laughs> and next time, we got to finish the chips and salsa before the game is over, or before the game starts. Can we so just stop ordering the chips and salsa? Yeah, I'm done. One I'm done. Thing, I don't even like the chips and salsa. Yeah, they today. were They're awful so today. Bad. They were really bad today. But um, And why are they going to have eight wings rather right. than ten? I don't know. I don't know. Predictions. No. No, not predictions, because one thing we should say to Wild card again. most of our listeners who are watching the game at home, we were fortunate to be watching it in a crowded bar, and we couldn't hear the announcers, but all reports were that the announcers for the game today, I think it was uh, Sparrow Dennis and Solomon Wilcox, were abysmal. So at the very least, we, we can take some solace knowing that we didn't have that insult on top of our injury. Now, back to predictions. Jeff, we'll start with you. You're going to be back down in Texas calling in for a yes, new girl. segment we like to call Tacos Calientes. You'll have to sit tight on that one, Bills fans, and find out what that's all about. Jeff, and the outsiders. Jeff, uh, your prediction for Thursday's game. You know, I'll tell you what, in, in, in somewhat of an odd way, this game actually, in, to some degree, made me more optimistic about the season. Oh my I know, it's crazy. It's crazy. But And I say that because I actually I, I thought that our defense, which I thought, I think that the, the entire season, I honestly and genuinely think the biggest change is going to be on defense, and I thought they actually looked quite good today. And I think the offense is going to get themselves back together. So so for next week, I'm predicting a 27 to 13. 27, you think this team's going to 27 to 13 Bills resounding victory over the New York football Jets. Jets. <laughs> that's not even that. No, that's not that. Bill, coming to you now. Buffalo Bills are going to win the next game 24 to 10. Suji. Bills 34-14. And let you me guys are why. out of your mind. Let me explain why. <laughs> 34 points. Okay. I think that the offense is going to be like, what the hell just happened? I don't think that the, I think that the Jets haven't changed that much. That's the thing. I we couldn't move the ball against them last year either. Yeah, but we beat them twice, right? And I think that our offense but is not finally, because we scored 34 points. No, but I think that our offense will try and bounce back from I this agree. win. And I think that they don't have anybody to answer 
who we have. Now, I mean, I, I didn't know Baltimore, but I know the Jets. Yeah. And I think that we shut down their offense before, and I think that we'll do a better job shutting down their offense when we play a true Rex Ryan defense, which is what we're doing now. Agreed. Uh, but I think that our offense can only improve. So, so. I, I think that the I offense... I mean, 34 might be a little crazy, yeah, but that's I'm going to go with it, okay? 27. Uh, I think the offense is going to continue to struggle. I think, however, the defense will score points. Like I said, I think the defense... Ooh. I think the defense is going to use this as a call to arms. And uh, but this is going to be another weird game. Like I think last year didn't we didn't we score 18 points against them twice, which is a weird which is a weird score to have in the first place, but I think it's going to be another weird scoring game. I think we're going to win 18 to 10. It's going to be Whoa. ugly. It's going to be a grinder, but we're going to get 7 points from the defense and then a safety and then three field goals. That's how we're going to get to 18. Wow. Well, well, you heard it here first. Bills and Beers, find <laughs> us on Twitter, find us on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, now that we're back in the season, these will be coming regularly, so interact with us on social media. We'll be doing social media call-outs throughout the season of Bills and Beers. Jeff, pleasure having you back. Bill, we'll see you again on Thursday. Sujit, thanks I for being here, nowhere, I guess. Baby. Yeah, well, anyways. I'm yeah, Lars. I love me. Go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs> Bills make me wanna Shout.